Welcome to day 275 of Shape by the Word. I'm Paul, here with David Keefe and Katie Kresge and Matt Kresge as we continue our journey uh, through the prophets. We've been reading Ezekiel, and Ezekiel has, uh, in the first part of 17, uh, used an allegory to uh, describe what has already happened in judgment on Israel and what is soon to happen. One king has been taken away into Babylon along with the very finest of you know the leaders, and another king is about to suffer his fate at the hand of Nebuchadnezzar for leaning into Egypt uh, rather than keeping his oath to Nebuchadnezzar. So we read, you know, the allegory yesterday. We'll read the explanation, uh, you know, today and uh, some of the, the theology that builds from it. So we pick up in chapter 11. It is always when we read, it, it's, a, it's just a privilege to have God's word, to know what it is, to know that it's his very breath and every word of it has been breathed out by him. And of course we have his spirit, uh, which takes the things of God and makes them in a genuine and a very real way ours. And so we deeply rely on him, not only to reveal himself through his word, but to help us apply his word and, uh, to use it to transform us into the image of Christ. So David, before we read and before you go on vacation, do you mind lifting us up in a word of prayer? No, I don't. Let's pray. And Father, we do thank you for this time to be in your word. Um, We ask that as we read it, um, we behold wonderful things, um, and that through it you would shape us, um, renew us, and help us to see um, more of you. Um, And in that, may we be transformed into your image and your likeness to be your people here in this time and in this place. We pray it all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Ezekiel 17, verse 11. And then the word of the Lord came to me, say to this rebellious people, do you not know what these things mean? Say to them, the king of Babylon went to Jerusalem and carried off her king and her nobles, bringing them back with him to Babylon. Then he took a member of the royal family and made a treaty with them, putting him under oath. He also carried away the leading men of the land so that the kingdom uh, would be brought low, unable to rise again, surviving only by keeping his treaty. The king rebelled against him by sending his envoys to Egypt to get horses and a large army. Will he succeed? Will he who does such things escape? Will he break the treaty and yet escape? As surely as I live, declares the Lord God, he shall die in Babylon in the land of the king who put him on the throne, whose oath he despised and whose treaty he broke. Pharaoh, with his mighty army and great horde, will be of no help to him in war. When ramps are built and seed works are erected to destroy many lives, he despised the oath by breaking the covenant, because he had given his land in pledge, and yet did all these things. He shall not escape. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. As surely as I live, I will repay him for despising my oath and breaking my covenant. I will spread out my net for him, and he'll be caught in my snare. I'll bring him to Babylon and execute judgment on him there because he was unfaithful to me. All his choice troops will fall by the sword and the survivors will be scattered to the winds. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken. This is what the sovereign Lord says. I myself will take a shoot from the very top of a cedar and plant it. I'll break off a tender sprig from its topmost shoots and plant it on a high and lofty mountain. On the mountain heights of Israel, I will plant it. It will produce branches and bear fruit and become a splendid cedar. Birds of every kind will nest in it. They will find shelter in the shade of its branches. All of the trees of the forest will know that I, the Lord, bring down the tall tree and make the low tree grow tall. 
I dry up the green tree and make the dry tree flourish. I, the Lord, have spoken, and I will do it. So we've had this wonderful image of uh, tree branches being uprooted and planted and replanted and uprooted again and not thriving. And, and finally, you come with a new covenant hope that one day the Lord himself will take you know, from that tree. And, and, of course, it's a beautiful picture of uh, you know the Davidic covenant from the root of Jesse and plant it on a high hill and it will indeed thrive. And uh, this is a work of the Lord. And this is also the hope of Israel in the midst of the judgment you know, that has been portrayed with the two eagles fighting over the tree and the low branches. I just love that last line of the chapter, I, the Lord, have spoken and I will do it. Just a, It's just one of those reminders that God speaks, and when he speaks, what he says happens. And so it's a decree, um, makes me think back to creation, where he says it and it, and it is. Yeah. And, and also, you know, whenever, you know, uh, Joshua led the people of Israel into the land and he's finally able to say to him at the end of his time, not one word the Lord has spoken has fallen to the ground. Mm -hmm. And uh, the same is true in delivering them into the land is also true in delivering them into exile. But it will also be true about uh, the restoration, you know, that will come through the one mm -hmm. who is planted on the high mountain. You know, it's interesting to hear kind of that connection between you know, the king breaking the covenant with God by breaking the treaty, you know, that he had um, with Nebuchadnezzar. Just to, to hear that, you know, and, and to think about, man, what a fascinating, you know, reality of here God saying, you broke the treaty. And really, what Israel, you, you broke my covenant. Mm -hmm. You know, and just seeing God's people led by the king, you know, acting out against God in ways that, that are not God's ways. And and the result of it is judgment. But then you, you pointed out, you know, we get that glimpse of hope at the end that, yes, judgment comes, but hope still remains. Mm -hmm. But just seeing those kind of links. No, it is nice. And there's, there's, there's kind of a double play there. Of course, whenever, you know, Zedekiah made an oath to Nebuchadnezzar, he would have made the oath in the name of the Lord God of Israel. And so Nebuchadnezzar would, you know, would have said to him, uh, do you swear by your God and by this temple mm -hmm. uh, that you will remain loyal to me and fulfill the covenant with me? And uh, so the Lord said, you have profaned my name because you swear the south in my name. But, but there's even if you, if you even go deeper, the reason Israel is in this in the first place is because of the covenant they had mm -hmm. exclusively with their God mm -hmm. that they'd already broken. So there's kind of a double, you know, a double sense in which you see that. And it is, it is kind of a nice, uh, nice reminder. Not only are you breaking this secondary covenant, you've broken the primary covenant yeah. below mm -hmm. it. And in both ways, you profane my name. Yeah. And of course, that was the message through Jeremiah. You guys need to accept this as judgment and go quietly <laughs> rather than mm -hmm. being destroyed. And uh, Zedekiah would, was indeed destroyed. And once again, they're going back to Egypt. I mean, there's a long history there with Egypt. And God's people still continues to, to reach back there. And just like in the wilderness when they were grumbling against God and and saying that they wish they had never left. And it's just that continued heart that is not content in the Lord um, and wanting what they used to have, which is yeah. 
nothing compared. leeks and onions yeah yeah, yeah. leeks and onions mm-hmm. uh, you know i'm not even sure what the first one is mm-hmm. and onions are nice but no reason to go back to egypt you know, as far <laughs> as all right. of this goes and it you know and it is a continuous symbol you know egypt is a continuous symbol you know of slavery uh you know in bondage and of course god rescued from the slavery and bondage and the description of the Sinai covenant brought them on eagle's wings to the foot of Sinai in order to have them as own and to give himself to them as their own. And, of course, that's the covenant, you know, that they, they have defiled. And so even whenever Jesus comes on the scene, uh, you hear, you know, Matthew, uh, you know, talking about, thus it's fulfilled out of Egypt, I will bring my son. And, again, he's talking about the rescue that comes from bondage you know, which is symbolized by Egypt. And here they're voluntarily returning to bondage rather than the freedom, you know, of knowing God. I do like as well with the hope that's kind of given towards the end um, with this work that God, that he's doing, that it is some hope for Israel, but also it seems to be, you know, hope for the nations as well as he kind of begins talking about this work and how Birds of every kind will nest in it, and, and they will find shelter in the shade of its branches, which seems to be this kind of language of talking about this is going to not just bless. Th- this is much bigger than even probably what Israel might have thought. But it's been the theme all throughout the Bible is the people of God existing to be a blessing to the nations, and and obviously the new covenant is a blessing to the nations as well through Christ. And, and so to kind of see some of that picked up here that it goes well beyond them is a really cool thing. No, you do have that. Uh, the, the whole idea it will be a resting place, you know, for uh, you know, for the nations. And, and Jesus does a different twist on this very same thing, where he talks also be a resting place for a lot of scoundrels. <laughs> you know, a lot of people who come and find their the shelter in it who try to co-opt the kingdom for their own purposes. But in this particular instance, it's talking about blessing. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll come to the nation because of a tree, you know, planted in Israel out of the line of David. Yeah, which, I mean, these images, right, it, it reminds us of really the kind of the embeddedness of, you know, the people in a culture with these images and and knowing the story of Scripture that, so that when Jesus does arrive and he begins to talk about the kingdom of God, it's like a, a little bitty seed that then sprouts, you know, in birds and nests, you know, in its branches. You begin to see, oh, he's using some of these images, you know, and it may not always be in the same way, but it, but it's communicating to us that something is here that the prophets spoke about, you know, and so these, those expectations and those hopes get picked up in these images. No, that's true. It's, you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, some of the uh, popular TV shows were so deeply embedded in that you can, you know, do a Ted Lasso quote and everybody kind of knows what you're saying, or you can go back, you know, to the office and everybody, you know, kind of knows what you're, you're, you're saying, uh, or certain movie lines and things like this. And, and for a people deeply steep in these stories to hear these images would bring them back to, Oh yeah, mm-hmm. you know, God is doing what he always said he would do. And of course it brings them back to the line that, you know, you know, Katie quoted from the beginning, the Lord has spoken and he will do it. And you can see it being fulfilled um, before their eyes. Matt, do you mind closing us with a word of prayer? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we do thank you that you are the one who speaks and you have spoken and um, what you speak and what you've spoken, you do. Uh, we thank you that one of the ways you act is, is through your word and um, your word accomplishes all you desire for it to accomplish. So would it have its effect in us today as we continue to meditate on what we've read, as we continue to reflect on who you are, uh, we thank you um, that the kingdom has come in Christ Jesus. And we pray, uh, as Jesus taught us to pray, that your kingdom would come. Um, 
your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, would that be true? Um, we love you. Thank you for this time in your word. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.